Radiolab is supported by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call the shots on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Listener supported. WNYC Studios. Uh, wait, you're listening. Okay. All right. Okay. All right. <coughs> you're listening, listening to Radio Lab. Radio Lab. From WNYC. See? Yep. Hey, I'm Jad Abumrad. I'm Molly Webster. This is Radio Lab. Uh, Robert Crowich will be back with us very soon. But today, a story from you. Well, I guess I was just thinking I should probably tell you just the. Um, Morgan and I backstory of, yes. of how I heard about the story. Cool. So Morgan and I went to grad school together at NYU. So I guess I've known her for almost 11 years. Okay. And we're, we're, we're holed up in my apartment. I don't know. This is like no, last November or something. She comes over. Um, she's sitting on the giant, I have a big floor pillow, like a Turkish floor pillow. Of course she's, you do. She's sitting, <laughs> she's sitting on the floor pillow. And then she is like, are you ready to hear the story? And I said, yeah. And she's like, okay, I need you to take the battery out of your phone. Really? Yeah. And I was- She really said that? And I was like, what? I have an iPhone. I can't take the battery out of it. And she goes, okay, uh, I need you to power it down and put it in another room under a pillow. What? (laughs) I was like, what is going on? And (laughs) and then by this point, she's taking the battery out of her phone. So I- I do it. Mm -hmm. I put it in in my bedroom and I put it under pillows and I- turned it off. I came back. I sat down. And then um, she starts telling me essentially about the ceremony. About going to the launch of this new uh, currency, which involved her flying across the country to live in a hotel room for a number of days with a bunch of strangers. And then something happened because she came back um, seemingly paranoid, at least in so much as she was hiding phones under pillows. <laughs> what was it that happened? It, it takes a few steps. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So we'll start with step one, which is... <clears throat> Hi. Which is Morgan. I'm Morgan Peck. How would you identify yourself professionally? Professionally, I'm a freelance journalist. And in my eyes, Morgan has become like the historian of the world of digital money. I started writing about neuroscience, but quickly found out about Bitcoin about a year into my writing, 2011, and have pretty much been writing about it ever since. Now, yes, a lot of people, when they hear about digital money, they think... Ransomware. The hijackers held the files ransom, demanding roughly 650 euros paid in Bitcoin. Bitcoin, the virtual currency. Obviously, it has become associated with cybercrime. But for Morgan... No, 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 no. What attracted her to this whole world, what made her go... Oh my God, this thing is amazing. She was like pulled in by the idealism of it. There was an extremely active community of people who were talking about, you know, um, completely subverting the financial system at a time when the financial system was not trusted and was collapsing. (laughs) Because Morgan says the birth of Bitcoin goes back to, well, 
Remember 2008? Boom. Traders here working the phone say a lot of their customers are freaked out. 2008 was the big implosion. What in the world is happening on Wall Street? In September, the stock markets crashed, the banks failed. The Dow traders are standing there watching in amazement, and I don't blame them. There was the bailout. You know, this shakes your core. This shakes your trust in American institutions. And then... Just a few months later, 2009, January. It's a hot topic on Wall Street right now. It's very interesting. Digital money called Bitcoin. 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 I can't resist Bitcoin it. showed up. Oh, so Bitcoin was after the big collapse. It was after, and it was very much a response to that, definitely. Because here was this currency that was decentralized, which means it's run and monitored by all the people who use it, which means you don't need a Federal Reserve. So at the beginning, a lot of people saw Bitcoin as a way to sort of take the power back from the big banks that had just f***ed everybody over. Libertarians were really into it. They thought that it was going to crash down. It was going to crumble the columns of, of every power structure in, you know, the world. <laughs> like, obviously, that didn't happen. It did not take down the world. But Bitcoin has not gone away. It's been a decade. It's still around. But if you talk to people on the inside, they'll tell you one of the things that has dogged Bitcoin from the beginning is this issue of privacy. The way that the, the uh, technology works is that uh, it tracks every single transaction that's ever made on the network. Anytime anyone with a Bitcoin buys a coffee or a pound of heroin, that transaction is kept in something called the public ledger. Bitcoin is a ledger, public ledger. And is that something that each person has? It's out there for anyone to see. Really? Yep. So every single transaction that's ever been done... Every transaction ever. ...is... is, Right there. Oh, that's not private at all. No. But people thought it was private at the beginning because, oh, we're using these pseudonyms. In other words, in the ledger, you never see anyone's actual name. There are no names on in Bitcoin. Like, I wouldn't be Molly, I'd be T957G. The problem is that... While there are no names attached, the behavior is out there for anyone to see. Turns out it's really not that hard to match this, like, string of characters with the person that it represents out in the real world. You could just kind of Google it on the Internet, see if it pops up anywhere else, what it's associated with, and then you kind of figure out who the person is. And then you can go back into the Bitcoin ledger and search their entire history can figure out all their business dealings, all their personal dealings, who they know, who they don't know, possibly who their bank is. And, you know, people have tried to solve this problem with Bitcoin. But there are companies now that actually specialize in doing the network analysis of the Bitcoin blockchain, and they do it for companies who want to um, make sure that they're not transacting with, you know, criminals, people who have had... Wait, there are uh, companies specific... that are actively trying to de-anonymize people? Oh, yeah. Wow. And so one of the puzzles that uh, all the internet people think about is, is there a way to get the best of both worlds? Can you have the decentralization that comes with digital money, but can you also get privacy? Almost like cash. I take a dollar bill out of my pocket. I walk down the street. I give it to someone. They give it to someone. No one can trace that money. Can you get the decentralization that comes with digital money, and can you wrap that up with the privacy that you get with paper money? And that question... Testing, testing. ...brings us to this guy. Hello, Zuko here. To somebody named Zuko Wilcox. I'm Zuko, and I'm in a different room. (laughs) 
Okay. He is our master of the ceremony. I have to say, you do, um, everyone's like pretty excited I'm talking to a guy named Zuko. Mm. Like, it's just a good name, Zuko. Thanks. Yay, Zuko! (laughs) So anyhow, Zuko is... He's been working on digital currencies for a long time. And he's extremely trusted. Is he a charismatic leader type of thing? Yeah, he is. When he first encountered Bitcoin, he was quite cool. Yes, but I was concerned about the privacy implications. Because he's a pretty hardcore cypherpunk. Oh my god, it's like worlds upon worlds are <laughs> opening for us. Cypherpunks. Yeah. She said this. it is a group of people that care deeply about how to make the internet more private. I think privacy is a human right and that it's a necessary condition for the exercise of, of free choice, of morality and of political participation and of everything that's, uh, of intimacy, everything that's most important is humans. So this whole thing with Bitcoin and the privacy problem, right up his alley. So I went out of my way, studied the Bitcoin source code, and yes, I immediately started fantasizing about what could be better. So then he, being like the privacy security cypherpunk guru, he becomes the leader of something called Zcash. Zcash. And Zcash really its main um, contribution to this ecosystem is privacy. So there's this thing called a zero-knowledge proof. Okay. And it's a mathematical invention that mathematicians had come up with. It requires something called the Z-SNARK parameters to be baked into the protocol. Oh, my God. I asked hours of questions, and it got me into a conversation about circles and graphs and the shape of numbers. (laughs) The shape of, what I mean is the shape of what's, of of possibility of... What I came away with (laughs) was that it allows you to prove that something is true without revealing anything about the thing you're trying to prove is true. Wow. You just... I just need to just want lie you to, down now. <laughs> Take that and run. <laughs> this is where computer science and mathematics start to overlap into wizardry here. All you need to know is that Zcash promises to give you decentralization with this, like, buffet of privacy. But... Zcash has its own flaw. An unfortunate vulnerability in the math. In order to create the currency of Zcash, you have to first create a number. A certain enormous number. And then you use that number to do a bunch of math, and then like, boom! You have the currency. But it all starts with this number, this key. Problem with that is, in this system, in this system, if somebody got a hold of the private key, they could counterfeit Zcash coins. They could counterfeit money. Just make new coins. Millions and millions and millions of new coins. Out of thin air. You can cheat. That's a really big problem when you have a uh, anonymous currency. Because no one would ever know. Nope. Bitcoin, since it's a public ledger, you can actually see if there's any funny business going on. That's actually why they keep it open. Right. The lack of privacy in Bitcoin is a security measure. But here, no one would ever know. So the challenge is, how do you get people to buy into a system that has this, like, major vulnerability, albeit just right at the very beginning? There's this one moment where, you know, you have to trust people in a way that's completely 
existentially defining of the currency. So this is what Zuko's up against. How do I, if I want super privacy, which he does, how do I generate this number in such a way that no one steals it, not me, not anyone else, and how do I prove to all of the people that might want to use Zcash later that in this tiny little window of of creation, nothing untoward has happened, that that the number has never been tampered with, that human eyes have never been laid upon it, you know, that the entire creation of this system remains pure. It's, it, this is very much like an immaculate conception. You're like, no humans can have sex to make this baby. But there needs to be a baby. But we almost have to examine the act of sex to make sure that there was no physical right. contact. Is it like that? That's so good. Okay, so here we are. Zuko decides... We'll have a ceremony. The most secure, most sophisticated cryptographic ceremony that's ever been performed. Wow. Okay. Here's the thing. While it's trivial to make your own currency, it is not trivial to... um, inspire trust. That's what money is, is the agreement between people to use it and to honor that sort of social contract. And the creation of value, to me that's like alchemy. Um, And it's a moment of creation. I think I'm walking down the street near you, Molly. (laughs) Greenpoint. And I get a text message on Signal. A private messenger app. Uh, from Zuko that's like, hey, we want you to, we want you to be there. And <laughs> yeah, I was you so did, excited. You were chosen. <laughs> I was chosen, yeah. And But did you even know what you were being invited to? No, I had no idea. But I was like, I have to do this. I mean, I cannot miss this. Even if Zcash doesn't make it, even if, you know, it collapses, it seems like a historical moment. So Zuko basically said, just wait for our bat call. (laughs) So about two weeks later, the bat call. Come to this uh, coffee store in Boulder. So Morgan gets on a flight to Denver, rents a car to Boulder, and goes to the coffee shop. Zuko's there. Standing next to the barista counter. And actually, he has a huge paper map with him. Spread out all over like the barista's area. He's like up in their grill. And then uh, this other guy, Nat, showed up. Friend of Zuko's. Who uh, was going to film it all. Was that was that for you? You wanted everything recorded? Yeah. And it was to serve as a security mechanism and documentation for the public. More on that in a second. And then... Okay. 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 They leave the coffee shop, go over to Nat's van. He mics us both up. I told them they could mic me up. And we're going to, now we're going to turn off all of our cell phones. So that if there were any hackers, they wouldn't be able to track where we were physically. I'm trying to think if I have to say goodbye to anyone. We were like, okay, now we've got the van, we've got our cell phones turned off. The next thing we needed to do... Where, where next? Now we're going to the computer store. ...was acquire a computer. Because, like, if there was some hacker who was planning to steal the key, they could have... You know, already planted some malware or tracking device on Zuko's personal laptop. ...before we even started. So, we all piled into the van. 
set off. Yeah, we can just start heading north. To get a clean computer. He's decided to go to Denver for this. Yeah. But <laughs> he doesn't want to use his phone. No. Hey, I could even use my paper map. Because what if somebody's like tracking what he's looking at? Let's go straight. Nat is doing much of his recording while he's driving. <laughs> this thing is where we think it is. Do you have like a black hoodie over you, like Hezbollah style? No, no. So they're driving for a little bit. When. All of a sudden, they make this pit stop. <laughs> we were like, hey, there's a costume store. <laughs> All right, this is perfect. This is Way to go, right Nat. Spot. We were like, okay, next stop. I'm looking for a wizard hat. Wizard hat. Okay. Can I see your wizard hat section? Yeah. <laughs> so they walk through this big costume store, past witches' hats, tiaras. Mm. What is the wizard hat you settled on? Um, it was a Gandalf hat. Gandalf hat. Yeah, I love the Gandalf hat. Oh. I think it's good. That is appropriate. Yeah. The greatest wizard of all. Yeah. yeah. Definitely a winner. Thanks. Yeah, of course. And then back to the mission at hand. Van, Denver, computer. We drove down using our paper map with our cell phones off to the computer store. They get there. Howdy. Walk in. Oh, yeah. This is the place. Do a little computer shopping. Can we do a side-by-side comparison of two different ones? A few minutes later. Yeah, I want this one. Zuko gets his computer. And at that point... The computer is sacred. It's called an i7-6700. Which henceforth is given a new name. It's called the Compute Node. And why is it sacred? Well, because this is the computer that will hold the secret number, the number that will give birth to an entirely new currency. So... All right, thank you very much. Got the compute note, got back in the van, got back to Boulder. And drove to an area that had hotels that we knew of. But where's this hotel? And we're going around to, like, the hotels in Boulder. Is it this way? And they're all full. They don't know if they have Ethernet in their hotel room. Or they don't have an Ethernet connection. So then we go to another hotel. I liked that hotel. I was and another. She wasn't clear on the notion of Ethernet. It's like 7 o'clock at night. Ah. What's the plan here? (laughs) The idea was, if you don't know what you're going to (laughs) do, then they don't know what they're going to do. So this is actually a security measure. Uh, Like, if you're totally in the dark about what you're doing, then some hackers... They can't can't mount an attack. It's foolproof. (laughs) Yeah. But... Okay. Eventually. Millennium. It has rooms and it has Ethernet. They find a hotel. And she even went and double-checked... Zuko actually has Nat book the hotel room. For two nights. Do you want me to come with you? Yep. Do you have a key? We all check into one room. Ground floor. It's not particularly fancy. Couple tables, you know, you got your two beds. Then they set up. We're a well-organized machine. They totally transformed the place. In general, I'm not going to help out. They gave me a bed to chill out on. You can concentrate on... On careful observing. So what we did was we stripped the room of all of the lamps and the telephone. Everything on all counters gets shoved somewhere. All of that stuff cleared it away into the closet or the bathtub. What are you doing? In addition, we... Oh, I'm unplugging the TV. Didn't want, like, the television, for example, which could be remotely controlled by an adversary. So they unplug it, slide it under one of the beds. Goodbye, TV. You know what? Another reason is I hate TVs. Television is the worst. Then they grab the table where they're going to set up the compute node. You want to explain again why you're keeping it away from the wall? Pull that out of ways. Oh, there's a teeny tiny chance that 
a team of spies rented the room next door and set up a giant antenna on the other side of this wall. This is like the dopest attack that Zuko is planning against. Called side channel attacks. And that's a method by which you could use an antenna. Or like a really high-tech microphone. To figure out what a computer is doing. For example, with some crazy microphone, you could listen into the computer's processor. And if you heard something like... Oh, that's a Diffie-Hellman key exchange. Or... Oh, uh, yeah, this is obviously figuring out the full 4,096-bit RSA key. Or, oh, hey, that's the new Beebs video. Or whatever. So. All right, so please don't put anything on this desk from here on out. It's pulled away from the wall about, I don't know, five feet, just in case there's somebody set up next door. And then started loading in all the cameras and equipment. Battery packs, junk food, but then there was also a whole security camera set up. One cool, one really cool thing about these security cameras is that they don't have a radio. Four security cameras, which were from the 80s. Before security cameras came with Wi-Fi. Which means we had to buy antique security cameras. Mm -hmm. And they're night vision security cameras. And they set those up. So that you could see the other cameras from the first camera. So you could tell that no ninja snuck in there and like tampered with one of the cameras during the process either. And this security camera setup was uh, one of the key points in trying to create what Morgan was talking about earlier. This alchemy. Faith. Trust. Whatever. So the security mechanism, this was, this was going to catch any shenanigans. And then Zuko was going to post this security footage to the internet so uh, experts, security experts could scan it and make up their minds. Could the ceremony be trusted? Hold on, where are you going to sleep tonight? I mean, I... We could all camp. can sleep anywhere. So we set all that stuff up. It's like 9 o'clock now, 10 o'clock. Yeah, it was late. And um, I took the computer that we used, the so-called compute node, and that from that moment forward, I kept that thing like within arm's reach for 48 hours or so. Oh, my God. It was a little bit exhausting trying to be paranoid. And It, it was exhausting trying to be paranoid? Yeah. Like I slept with it that night um, in my bed. I kept my, kept my arm around it. Good night, sweet prince. And flights of angels sing thee to thy rest. Awakening. This is Enrique Romero from the border town of Laredo, Texas. Radio Lab is supported in part by the Alfred P. Sloan Foundation, enhancing public understanding of science and technology in the modern world. More information about Sloan at www.sloan.org. Science reporting on Radio Lab is supported in part by Science Sandbox, a Simons Foundation initiative dedicated to engaging everyone with the process of science. Radio Lab is supported by Zbiotics. If you've been looking for some help waking up refreshed after a fun night out, Zbiotics Pre-Alcohol Probiotic is here to help. 
Zbiotics is a genetically engineered probiotic invented by scientists to help tackle rough mornings after drinking. This probiotic is the first drink of the night for a better tomorrow, as it works to break down the byproduct of alcohol, which is responsible for rough mornings after. Go to zbiotics.com slash Radiolab to get 15% off your first order when you use Radiolab at checkout. Zbiotics is backed with a 100% money-back guarantee. If you're unsatisfied for any reason, they'll refund your money, no questions asked. That's zbiotics.com slash Radiolab and use the code Radiolab at checkout for 15% off. Radiolab is supported by Babbel. Sometimes self-improvement can feel like a pretty overwhelming journey. So what if this year you just got a tiny bit better every day. When you're learning a new language with Babbel, that's exactly what you're doing. Babbel is a science-backed language learning app with quick 10-minute lessons that have been handcrafted by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. You can learn everything you need to have real-world conversations, café s'il vous plaît, from vocabulary words to culture and more. And if Babbel can help you start speaking a new language in just three weeks, imagine what you could do in a few months or a full year. Here is a special limited time deal for Radiolab listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at babbel.com slash Radiolab. Get up to 60% off at babbel.com slash Radiolab, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash Radiolab. Rules and restrictions may apply. While some colleges ramped up police presence on campus, others responded to protest against Israel's war in Gaza by giving students a seat at the table. I'm Kai Wright, and on the next Notes from America, meet a young negotiator from Brown University. We'll explore what divestment actually means and how views of victory in this movement vary depending on where you sit. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. Chad. Molly. Radio Lab. Back to Boulder. Sorry, I can't open the door. That would be helping you. No. So. It's the next morning. Saturday morning. Zuko sits down at his personal computer and he starts dialing people up. Hello. Some on video, some on signal. Hello. Oh, hi. He calls up a guy in D.C. Hey, Moses. A guy in Texas. Yeah. Anyone can tell you you sound like Tom Hardy? <laughs> also. Cool. That's pretty cool. Florida. Okay. Really appreciate your help. Slovenia. Is John online? Yes. Good job, pit boss. Another guy in California. Thanks. And then there was this mysterious one. Okay, Fabrice is ready. That was only referred to as Fabrice and didn't know where he was. I didn't find out until afterwards that he was actually driving from Vancouver across British Columbia. (laughs) (laughs) What? Who are all these guys? So for Zuko, it's it's very unacceptable. He wants to take as much of the trust, you got to trust me out of it as possible. And that's what he tried to do. So even though Zuko's going to record all this footage, put it up online, later someone who's going to be watching that could be like... This was a trick. It's all smoke and mirrors. It was like stage magic. Like, sure, you say you recorded everything, but maybe you manipulated the footage. Maybe you didn't even set the cameras up the way you said you did. And so, anyway. so what Zuko decided to do was get in touch with all these guys all over the world and try and decentralize this trust. So there were six stations. Each with their own compute node, security cameras set up, ready to help Zuko make this big random number. The private key. So each of the six stations was actually creating one piece of this key. 
That way there'll be no one person that makes the entire key. It'll just be these little pieces that actually won't ever come in contact with one another. The idea was nobody will actually have the key itself. <clears throat> Hope this works. So everyone's got their compute node powered on. And then... Diagnostics complete. Press enter when you're ready to begin the ceremony. The ceremony begins. Okay, now this is the top secret part. Where's this, the special box? Yeah. We have to make sure that nobody can uh, guess or read this secret. Zuko closes the blinds. And so, I'm going to cover my keyboard with this special box. So I took a cardboard box that one of the computers had come in and sawed it in half so that it was uh, a half of a cardboard box. He put it over the keyboard of the compute node. Yeah, hold on. There. Ready? And then I slid my hands under the cardboard box. And then... He starts punching in all these random letters and numbers into the compute node. Just like pound on it Just like bla- Cecil Taylor. Just it. Cat walking across the computer. Okay. Yeah. And once he's done... I think we're done with the cardboard box. It served its purpose and now we can auction it on eBay. What the compute node does is it takes all those random characters and it combines it with more random characters that are generated like inside the computer until finally it creates a part of the key. And each of the other five participants had to do the same thing. DC made their piece of the key. Florida, Texas, Slovenia, Canada. Okay, so you've got one key broken into six pieces, and the next step is to get all of those pieces to work together to create one thing, which is Zcash. And you want to do this in such a way that those pieces never touch each other, that they remain hidden so that no person could ever get their hands on the power of the whole key. Whew. Yeah. So thank God there's convoluted math to save the day. Um, I think it's a good time to just say what was happening. Okay. Three, two, one. So, so first things first. Uh, okay, here I come. The guy in California gets on the horn. So the stations are Andrew, Peter. He gives everyone basically like the batting order and then... Carrying it on now. He sends a message called the go message to station one. Currently doing my computations. Station one guy and his compute node do some math on his piece of the key. Okay, uh, my compute node just finished. His compute node spits out a number. And then it burns it onto DVD. Why DVD? Because all the guys at these stations have ripped out the Wi-Fi in their compute node. Because we don't want a hacker to be able to hack into the compute node. This, by the way, has a pretty cool name. This is called air-gapped. You have a protective field, basically, around the computer that holds the secret. A field of air. Anyway... Once the computer is done burning to this DVD, the guy at Station 1 takes it and walks it to another computer. It's receiving data, as you can see. Uploads it to the internet. Okay, great. And then the guy at Station 2, this guy, Mm -hmm. Peter Van Valkenburg. So what happens is the software I run on my connected computer... Downloads that little answer, puts it onto a DVD. I take the DVD out of the connected computer, walk across the air gap, if you will. Then the compute node takes that little answer, combines it with Peter's piece of the key, and then... Math. So now is it computing? Again, the compute node keeps Peter's piece of the key a secret, spits out a new answer, a bigger answer. And then I write on a different DVD. That new answer. Quick. Takes it out of the compute node. Lift it over the gap. Brings it back across the air gap. To the networked computer. Uploads his answer. Then station three grabs it, combines it with their key, gets a little bit more of an answer. So exciting. Then station four. The compute node gets to do its thing. Same thing, DVD across the air gap, combine it with their piece of the key. Math. Like serious math. 
And then you get a little bit more of the answer and just rinse, wash, repeat. Woo. Station five, six, back to the top of the order. And throughout this entire process, the individual shards of the key are kept separate and secret. Yet together, they're doing the math that's getting closer and closer and closer to the final key that will launch Zcash. Was there a, like a, a titter in the air? Uh... No. <laughs> I mean, it really, it's... Do you bring a deck of cards? I brought juggling balls. Cool. I can juggle three balls. That's what I brought. Because the thing is, every one of those math steps took about an hour. Who's next on the list? And they had to do, like, three full rotations through this order. Oh, hey, somebody tell Moses. So most of the weekend was just kind of sitting around. Sean? Waiting. Peter? And waiting. Anyone? Tell Moses. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we're hanging out. Okay, uh, my computer just finished. Oh, good to know. Uh, Zuko has brought along some pork rinds <laughs> and sour cream, but he's dipping, he's dipping pork rinds into sour cream. Cool, I'm going to get our coffee. Hmm. Also, napping, which is the only sleeping that's happened. Like, there's like, you know, an hour here, hour there. And as the hours roll by, things are going really well. People are getting their math done. They're passing along these answers. They're getting closer to having their key when... Maybe halfway into the process, things get strange. They were each lying in their beds, just kind of chilling out. Morgan was just waking. Zuko was playing on a tablet. And then, oh. What? I groaned and said, oh. Oh, there's work to do. Back to work. So Zuko gets up, and he starts talking. When, which is, uh, when my voice echoing back at me? There's feedback. A feedback loop started echoing. You know, like going beep, 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 beep. It was like an incongruous noise, make it stop. I'm muting all of my mics. I don't know where it's feeding back from. How was this one? He, like, turns off the mic. Uh, and so I was like, oh, okay. And he sits down at the Google Hangout computer. Hooked me up with a... Oh, okay. A tester. tester. This echo comes back. And if you look at the video, you see he, like, just freezes. Where's that coming from? and then just turns his head to the left, looking off camera. Why do we have a play out over there now? At this point, everyone in the room just sort of falls silent and is looking around. Yeah. I start, like, pinpointing it to, like, the, the part of the room that has the security cameras monitor. Test, test. Where's this coming from? Test, test. I start listening to that, and I'm like, I think it's coming from over here. Do it again. Hello, hello. I stopped and I said, uh, wait, wait a minute. What, what is playing out over there? Test, test. 
and I looked in the direction of Morgan's bed. And then I turn around, I pick up my phone. It's my phone. And the echo's coming out of my speaker. It's coming out of your phone? It's coming out of my phone. Why is your phone playing out? I have no sound? idea. <laughs> you don't stop. No, don't mess with it. I want to see what's going on. It's playing out from this mic. He zeroes in on this mic that's on the corner of the computer that's doing the Google Hangouts. Did you connect your phone to this Hangout? He leans over to that. Hold on. Starts fiddling with it. What? It's coming from this way. Yeah. So, is there a way... Mm. He stands, he sits. Wait, wait, no, it's not coming from the mic. It's coming, it's not coming from this mic. It's coming from... The Google Hangout, because I just muted it in software. Now it's gone. So my voice from Google Hangout. Okay, let's hear Peter's voice. Peter. Uh, I want to test audio coming from you. Say some stuff. Test. Testing. Testing. All good men should be the aid of the country. Good. And then I think Zuko says something like, Morgan, why is your phone playing the audio from our Google Hangout? Why is our chat coming through your phone? Oh, wait. So the audio coming out of her phone is not originating from in the room. It's, it's somehow the Google ch- Hangout chat that's coming through her phone? Yes. That's so weird. It's very weird. It, it was like you're cat had just turned into a monster or had just started talking to you or like just turned on you so I'm kneeling on the bed with it and I look at it and I think that's when I just like threw it threw it on the bed revulsion so can you turn on the screen he picks up the phone from the end of her bed and hands it to her and is like can you pull up the screen what all what all apps are running on this phone I don't run any apps. Is that doing video? Yeah. yeah. I'm recording. At this point, the cameras have like swiveled, so they're focused on the phone. Okay. Um. Um. I don't know. Should we throw it in the river? <laughs> no. Can you? Is this Android? Yep. What? How do you? Can you like get a list of apps running like by swiping down from the top or something? Mm-hmm. I think, I don't know. I'm sorry, I don't. How about that? I don't use this. If you mean swipe down, there's that thing that's next to the thing. Here. What about that thing? No? Wait. Yes. But just give me a second. Give me a second. Oh, it's running. Here. I don't see a Hangouts app running. I def... well... I didn't... Test? Run a Hangouts. I think it stopped. Here, listen to it. Test, test, test. It stopped, hasn't it? Suddenly the phone stops doing the weird thing it was doing. The freaky audio playout thing. It went away. It went away, which feels hackery. Oh, yeah. Like the hackers have been had. And they just realized it. Yeah, that's what I think. That there was an attacker, and they screwed up and accidentally turned on the speaker. No, I feel paranoid. Yeah, it's weird, isn't it? 
creepy. No, this isn't just like, I don't know. I've been, what do you mean hacked? What kind of hacked have you been? Well, you find out that private messages, someone's been, ha had access to them, um, or that people have been uh, sending messages spoofed to be from you, to your friends mm. or colleagues. Okay, I've never had that happen. Whew. Kind of horrible. So eventually, they just decide to turn off her phone. Now it becomes a more civilized conversation of, um, what are we going to do? And and then Zuko said to me, Would you like to donate your phone to science? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's like, I Tester think I'd sisters. rather donate my body. <laughs> um, uh, no, well, I wouldn't. What would it take for you to donate your phone to science? Oh, <laughs> like in the current state of it right now? Well, without, without like... Yeah, that's a problem. Saving my... No way. <laughs> like, that has so much of my work on it. And my... Okay. Life. I just think that... Uh, well, I don't think I have to justify why... That's right. You don't have to justify it. But... I mean, do you have a, you have pictures? And some pictures, but n not much. I I um, putting myself in uh, your position, I would have been like, I feel okay. <laughs> Take it. I don't know. I start. I. But you were very immediately like the opposite. Yeah, that's a no to me. <laughs> Why? To me, my responsibility is not just to myself. You know, privacy is a shared resource is a sh or it's a share it's something we share with each other um the responsibility i will say this is one of the first stories where i get what privacy and data protection like means like i remember when morgan was telling me this story thinking if someone had hacked into morgan's phone how long had they been hacked in for and i talked to morgan all the time like, oh, weird, I was kind of hacked, you know? And then it's like, wait, who else did you talk to? Was your dad? Oh, your dad was kind of hacked. Oh, oh, crap, you exchanged those text messages that weren't on signal? That person was kind of hacked. And then suddenly it just dawned on me, duh. Like, her privacy isn't just hers. The things that are on my phone that are private are not only private for me, they're private for for anyone I was talking to. And, and I almost feel like I don't even have a right to give over that phone if I haven't talked to the people that that, that would be exposing. Like, that's not fair. Like, sometimes when people insist on privacy, it can feel selfish. Yeah. But then you realize, like, no, like, if one person doesn't insist on privacy, kind of like a chink in the armor. Yeah, and, like, suddenly we're all vulnerable. Uh, for about an hour, Morgan and Zuko go back and forth about what to do with her phone. Um... But they don't really reach a conclusion. I feel I need to walk around. Is anything going to happen if I go take a little walk? Yeah, you're not going to miss much that's uh, uh, planned or scheduled. I'm just hesitating for no good reason. I can't think of any reason for you not to take a walk. I'm just kind of freaked out. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Be safe I'll stay out here. There. What? I said be safe out there. Enjoy. Do you think I'm a? Do you think I'm a? 
secret agent? No, I wasn't thinking that. Okay. I was thinking I was afraid for you. Oh, I'm not afraid for me. Yeah, I'm not either. I was just feeling that way. Okay. I'm going to take a walk because I feel really claustrophobic. Good. Enjoy. So then I had to decide, what shall we do? Shall we abort the ceremony? Shall we um, focus our attention on some sort of investigation of Morgan's phone? What shall we do? Okay, here's the decision. Here's what we're going to do. Uh, get get Morgan's phone out of here and otherwise no change. He figured if these people have hacked into Morgan's phone, we have so many security measures in place that we can keep going and we'll figure this out later. So basically what happens is like Morgan comes back from her walk. Okay, where were we? They still have another full day of the ceremony left. Please insert a blank DVD to burn disc E then press enter. Okay. And then it gets to a point where they finally have the final key. Okay, I'm powering off the compute node. Everybody. It's a big step. And is there a high five? Uh, okay, it's unplugged. No. Woo, we're done. <sighs> and then to sort of cap it off. The last step is... So, I mean, if you want to use the angle grinder, you can... Angle Everybody takes the their uh, compute node and ceremonially <laughs> destroys it. <laughs> because in the case that the computer holds, like, a ghosty fingerprint of that, like, original piece of the key, they just want it gone. We sawed the computer into pieces. I missed. Smashed the pieces with a hammer and dropped the crushed pieces into a giant bonfire. And that was that. And now they were sort of at the moment where they're like, okay, well, we, we actually did the technological th- like thing, which was we created the system. And now the bigger question was, did they create the alchemy that they needed to inspire trust? Like, were all the protocols and the video footage and all that stuff, was it all enough? Especially now that they have this phone thing happen. Especially now that they have the phone thing. I think, like, did we do what we needed to do to show the world that they want to buy into this thing? So five days after the ceremony ended, the currency began. To an insane fanfare. Really? It was crazy. Zcash is a cryptocurrency built on Bitcoin's code base that is dedicated to protecting your privacy. Oh, oh gosh, you're going to have to look, but I think it went up to like $4,000. A Zcoin? One Zcash coin. It is the first digital currency to combine the... And that is the Bitcoin high... At the time, it was like around 1400 So that's insane. And Whoa, that's so if the goal on some level at the very beginning of this conversation was to inspire the community to then use it, it seems like it, it has. It has done that. Yeah. Yes. Do people continue to point back at this phone moment and, oh. and wonder and speculate? Uh, 
some. Yeah, people have people want me to. They want to know like how it resolves. And how does it resolve? I mean, did you give him your phone? So what actually happened was we went to this bonfire, <laughs> uh, and then by the end of it, everybody was sort of rushing off. I was rushing to the to the airport and just like gave my phone to Zuko, and was like, "We'll talk about it. I trust you. Don't do anything." That I haven't agreed to. No, oh, so you ended in the in the in the in the spirit of the whole endeavor yep. in some way. Yep. Huh. <laughs> Molly Webster. Mm, I didn't get to tell you that we have to do it again. Wait, you have to go through all of this again? So we have to do it again because we're upgrading the cryptography in Zcash. Good God, man. What have you started? <laughs> we're going to do a new ceremony, deploy new approved cryptography. We, we keep thinking of improvements we want to make. Inventions. This piece was produced by Molly Webster and Matt Kilty. The Denver Ceremony Station recordings were created by media maker Nathaniel Kramer. Thanks, Nat. And also thanks to his assistant, Daniel Cooper. And lastly, very special thanks to Morgan Peck. Her uh, reporting on the ceremony obviously was sort of the anchor for our piece. Uh, and you can find her article at IEEE Spectrum. Uh, we will link you to it from radiolab.org. Okay, we will be back, and Robert will be back with me uh, in a couple of weeks. I'm Jad Abumran. I'm Molly Webster. Thanks for listening. Hi, this is Will Zogbaum. I'm calling from sunny Seattle, Washington. Radiolab is produced by Jad Abumrad. Dylan Keefe is our director of sound design. Soren Wheeler is senior editor. Our staff includes Simon Adler, David Gebel, Tracy Hunt, Matt Kielty, Robert Krolwich, Annie McEwen, Latif Nasser, Melissa O'Donnell, Ariane Wack, and Molly Webster. With help from Soham Powar, Rebecca Chaison, Nigar Fatali, Phoebe Wang, and Katie Ferguson. Our fact checker is Michelle Harris. Radio Lab is supported by the John Templeton Foundation, funding research and catalyzing conversations that inspire people with awe and wonder. Learn about the researchers making the latest discoveries in the science of well-being, complexity, forgiveness, and free will at templeton.org/podcast.